0: Hello and welcome to this episode of Heads Talk with me, Elaine Pringle Schwitter, the podcast that showcases executives, leaders, and heads of multinationals. What are the current topics? They talk, we listen. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the Heads Talk podcast show. This podcast is sponsored by DAO. DAO combines one of the broadest technology sets in the industry with asset integration, focus innovation, and leading business positions to achieve profitable growth. The company's ambition is to become the most innovative, customer centric, inclusive, and sustainable materials science company in the world and operates in 30 countries, employing approximately 37,000 people. Dow champions a fully inclusive workforce and a diverse supply portfolio, reflecting the world in which we do business because it's the right thing and the smart thing to do. Dow's Supplier Diversity Initiative focuses on identifying and building relationships with enterprises owned by women, minorities, veterans, LGBTQ, and people with disabilities, as well as certified small businesses.
1: Heads Talk Podcast with your host, Elaine Pringle Schwitter.
0: Today, my guest is Maggie Berry, OBE. Maggie is the Executive Director for Europe and Reconnect International. Maggie is a champion for women in technology and has recently celebrated 15 years at the Women in Technology Network. In June 2019, Maggie was awarded an OBE in the Queen's Birthday Honours List for services to women in business and technology. Maggie was honoured by the World Economic Forum as a young global leader and served as a Global Agenda Council member on employment between 2012 and 2014. I could go on. Maggie has been recognised for many more achievements and accolades. We may touch upon a few during the course of this conversation. Many thanks for agreeing to talk with us today. It's great to have you here, Maggie. Delighted. Thank you, Eileen. Okay, I think we should start with a very brief summary of the message you'd like to get out today. But the first thing I would say, my my day-to-day job
1: is all around the concept of supplier diversity which is a really interesting part of the diversity landscape it's all about encouraging big business to buy more products and services from um from diverse owned businesses including women-owned businesses and what i really want people to know is about the importance of buying from women-owned businesses all around the world, the importance of the role that multinational corporations play in supply chains, building the growth and development of women-owned businesses, and really about the fact that there are just so many amazing women-owned businesses out there, and we want to shine a spotlight on them and show everybody, you know, the businesses they're running, the successes they're having, the amazing ways that they run their teams. And so everything that I do in my day-to-day, my work life and my day-to-day is, is you know, is focused in and around championing, women-owned businesses, women in business, uh, and certainly um, some of the, the women in tech stuff as well.
0: So that, that pretty much was the, the vision behind WeConnect International. But you've been the executive director since 2012. Um, how have you helped to shape that organisation?
1: Yeah, I, jo- I joined WeConnect International here in Europe at the end of uh, 2012, um, it was the first time that they were hiring a full-time person to come on board so um, that was a very exciting step for the organization at that point and then over the last kind of seven years or so we've you know we've expanded our activities from the, you know from the UK and Ireland into uh, Switzerland and Germany and the Netherlands and we're, we're really hoping that Belgium and France will be coming online very shortly. Um, when I as I said when I started it was you know this was the first full-time hire, hire and we now have a, a small team here in Europe so Full-time staff, part-time, as well as freelancers that support support our activities.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and really, the, the network has grown and expanded, you know, steadily. Um, uh, and also, the mix of sectors where the women-owned businesses are running uh, running their firms has also grown. And I think there's a really healthy mix now. You know, if, if corporations approach us looking for potential suppliers. We, we have a really good range of women owned businesses that we can we can connect them to. And Europe's within the We Connect International Organization globally, you're mm-hmm. busy region. So we're we're often pushing ahead at the forefront and then sharing, you know, what we're doing, you know, with colleagues around the world. But but likewise, I mean I look at what our colleagues in other regions like in Latin America or in, you know, mm-hmm. are doing so that we can we can essentially replicate, you know, good stuff that's happening. Happening everywhere, and a lot I would say comes from me and my own goals and what we want to do. But actually, this is very much—it's a corporate member organisation, and we work with these large multinationals, and they are also driving this agenda. We're led, you know, by you know their goals and what they want to achieve as well. So together, this mm-hmm. has grown and developed over, you know, over the last seven years or so.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we yeah we so sort of, we do know that these large multinationals have um, suppliers that they tend to work with and a lot of these suppliers are these sort of large-scale suppliers that, with the, the familiar brand names that we know. Hmm. So what do you believe that the women-owned businesses bring to the corporate procure- procurement community that they tend not to readily obtain from some of the established large-scale suppliers? Yeah, great, great question. I mean, SMEs, so small,
1: medium-sized enterprises, they are the backbone of the European economy. You know, 99% of businesses in Europe are, are small, medium-sized enterprises. And actually, within within that, women-owned businesses, on average, maybe make up between twenty and thirty percent of women-owned businesses across across Europe. So we are underrepresented in terms of business ownership. But when it comes to um, supply chain, actually, many of the women-owned businesses that we work with—they're innovative, they're agile, they're very cost-effective. You know, they don't have big central city offices that you know have a lot of cost associated with them. Um, And they often have diverse teams and that brings diverse ways of thinking. Um, And we know that the business case around having a diverse workforce is Mm -hmm. very clear and very proven. And really that maps directly onto the importance of having a diverse supply chain as well. And many, many of the business owners that we work with have had successful corporate careers. So they're coming to the table, Mm you know, a ton of expertise, Mm expertise. That you know, that large multinationals can can work with. Whether that's in one team, you know, one working in one area of the business, or you know, working globally with them, you know, our, our women-owned businesses really work in lots of different locations from being maybe a very local supplier in one country, say maybe very specific to the UK or in Germany, to being regional suppliers maybe across EMEA. And some of the women-owned businesses we work with actually have global, global contracts. So there's a there's a strong, a strong um, a strong mix of what the women-owned businesses can do and the and the and the support they bring to our corporate procurement
0: teams. Okay, that's good. Uh, you mentioned, I think, briefly about the sectors and the diverse sectors that the women-owned um, businesses work in. I, I can hazard a guess, um, but it'd be interesting for my um, listeners um, to know what sectors are we talking about here that the women-owned businesses are flourishing in.
1: Yeah, so WeConnect is very focused on that corporate and B two B sector. So we are looking for women-owned businesses that have products and services that large multinationals buy, as opposed to stuff that you or I might buy for ourselves or our families or our homes. We are looking for those, you know, those business-related products and services in Europe. And I, I'm commenting on the Europe data rather than WeConnect International globally. Most of the women-owned businesses we work with are professional services. So they're going to be things like marketing, events, recruitment, learning and development, that kind of stuff. Really running really brilliant, robust businesses in that space. But then we do have some who are maybe very specialised in, say, pharmaceuticals, businesses that are very strong in the tech space. So they're sector agnostic because they're providing technology. And as many of them are working successfully with multinational corporations already globally around the world and then we have others in the network who actually their business is focused on supplying products and services to other SMEs so we've got a really you know we have a you know a good focus on both how we can connect our women-owned businesses to the multinational corporations for business opportunities but also how we can connect the women-owned businesses to each other for business opportunities as well.
0: And the sectors where there are few women-owned business suppliers do you believe that this is a missed opportunity for the women and perhaps that they should contemplate entering this sector? I totally, I totally do. We've got some really interesting data. I, um, I track, I mean, I track every year, you
1: know, the different procurement requirements that are shared with us. This is one of the big things that we do with our, with the corporations. They tell us what they're going to buy. And then our role is to go off and identify women-owned businesses that, you know, could potentially supply those products and services. It's almost kind of corporate matchmaking. Um, and so I have a really good view of you know the, the things that are that the multinationals are looking mm-hmm. to buy. And there's definitely certain sectors where we often struggle to identify women-owned businesses of the size and the scale that they might they might need. So certain areas say like say, facilities management or transport and logistics, you know, there are not as many women-owned businesses in those in those sectors. And so you know, if we had more, we would love more. And I think definitely if women-owned businesses are thinking about where, you, where they're going to set up and grow a business, I mean, you need to do your market research and understand where there's a gap in the market or are you going into a saturated market space if you set up, you know, an event management agency. So I think there's two sides to it. Just generally for small businesses, where you set up and, you know, what does the product and the service that you have, is it something that corporations want to buy or is it a retail or consumer product? You know, what, what sector are you looking at? And then for the women-owned businesses specifically, you know, we, what we see is that where women are well represented in the workforce is it kind of directly maps onto where they set up and run a business. Um, and where women are running businesses in more unusual sectors, they stand out more. They stand out more. And um, I think that can be quite helpful sometimes in building your profile.
0: Let's look at the relationship that women-owned businesses have with we Connect. How have women-owned businesses embraced WeConnect and how are you maintaining the relationship and trust with them? We have, um, in Europe, we've got a network of about 1,500 women-owned businesses.
1: Our definition is very clear. They have to be majority women-owned. So minimum 51% of the shareholding has to be in female hands. So we're looking at a a very specific part of that kind of entrepreneurial uh, ecosystem for women-owned businesses it mm-hmm. can register with us for free, which we recommend everybody. Does. Um, and we also offer a more formal, paid, paid for registration that we call certification. Um, all of the women-owned businesses can access a lot of our email newsletters and events and programming. A lot is delivered on online, um, but we also do face-to-face events. And then for our businesses that have done our formal certification, we provide lots of extra support and interactions and connections and instructions and all that kind of stuff. Um, and really the, the relationship, you have a home country. So you're, you're, if you're limited, if your entity is, is registered in the UK, the UK is your home country, but you can access support you know in any of the any of the regions around the world, so within you know within the context that I work with are women owned businesses that are actually maybe located out of the United States or out of India or Singapore, but they are interested in the European market so they they can we can we can offer them support here so I think that's really um, that's really important. The big piece about what we 're doing is what I referenced earlier we are trying to introduce and highlight and promote these women-owned businesses to the multinational corporations. And so what I normally say to women-owned businesses, if they're considering registering with us, is have a look at the multinational, the corporations we work with. It's a very public list on our website. And if they are the types of clients you want to work with, the types of firms you want to build relationships with, then WeConnect International is probably probably relevant for you.
0: A scenario, I'm a woman-owned business. I'm listening to your message here. I'm listening to this interview. So what exactly is WeConnect doing to get, the message across that women-owned businesses are here and are ready to compete with corporations, usual suppliers. In what form is the message getting across? Are you running events? Is it online? Are there press releases? What specific marketing stuff you're doing as a women-owned business that makes me think, okay, I need, I need to contact Maggie. I need to contact the team. Get yeah. Registered cert- certified.
1: Mm. So there's lots of stuff. Um, we, we have two key stakeholder groups. So the, the multinational corporations we work with and then the women-owned businesses. So there's two groups and we, we're working very closely with both groups. So if I look at the corporations first, you know, we are in touch with them. Well, I mean, I'm in touch with the corporate members here. You know, week in, week out, promoting um, activities and events, uh, running sessions with them about how they can grow and develop their supplier diversity programs and sharing learning and best practice, but also promoting women-owned businesses that they that they might be interested in, you know, buying from or building relationships with Um, and as I said we do a lot of work around referrals for tenders and RFPs and RFIs that's a big part of what we do Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and we do we have monthly calls so formal so I'm in touch with them on email you know most of the time but we have monthly calls and quarterly calls email newsletters with the corporate so there's a lot going on around how we work with the with the corporate members and then for the women-owned businesses yeah we're doing events we're doing them both in person and online um at our conference in in london uh, which we do annually we also do matchmakers so we're um, our certified businesses can spend time you know 15-20 minutes one-on-one with corporations we're very active on social media both in the region so europe is one region but also globally so there's loads of good stuff being shared, you know, whether that is on LinkedIn, on, on Facebook, on Twitter. So um, women owned businesses can follow us in a region, so in Europe, or you might be actually I'm really interested in Latin America, um, or they can look at stuff globally as well. So there's lots of good things that are being shared all the time. Um, and yeah, we 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 obviously occasionally issue formal press press releases if it's appropriate. Um, but we're talking about the work that we're doing on a, you know, on a
0: on a day. D&D D out basis So shall we look at it from the other side these corporations these multinationals that are perhaps listening um, what do these corporations uh, organisations say to WeConnect when they do purchase from your pool of women-owned businesses how has it changed them if at all um, mm-hmm. give us an insight into how corporations think before and after they purchase from the, the women-owned businesses services
1: um, I would say that genuinely, if they, if they identify, you know, women on business through the network, they're always really, really excited. I mean, this is not an easy thing to do. You know, these are really long term yeah. changing suppliers, identifying them, building relationships. You know, some of the tender processes take six months or more. So, you know, these are really long term, long term programming. So yeah, they're excited and they definitely let us know. Many of them have spend goals in place you know in the same way that firms might be right we really want to increase the number of women in senior positions or in leadership positions or you know women on the board many of the large multinationals we work with have goals around how much spend they have with diverse owned businesses so you know they're on that journey to reach to reach those Reach those, reach those goals. Sometimes there could be maybe the perception about, you know, the capabilities that a women-owned business might have or an SME generally what they might have and what they might be able to bring to the table. But the reality is when you sit down and you talk to them, many of the business users are like, wow, the, these guys are really impressive. This, I never, you know, I've, you know, they've used the same old, same old suppliers. They haven't kind of looked further afield. And actually, I mean, as I, as I mentioned, these, these businesses are really innovative and agile and are bringing new ideas to the table that will help help because it is still a relatively new concept you know within the diversity landscape a lot of corporations will have within their procurement teams um maybe a supplier diversity champion so some of them will have a few will have a full-time supplier diversity person in europe not many because it's quite a luxury
0: role to have within a procurement team but would you suggest others that have not done that to implement that to interrupt yes it
1: depends it depends how their teams are set up And so some of our, um, some of the corporations have supplier diversity teams that are located in the US and and kind of run programs globally. And then many of them said, we'll have a, you know, have champions locally based who are really flying the flag for this as a topic. Uh, And one of the things that we spend quite a lot of time doing is how we can help our corporate champions internally you know, amplify their voices, and you know, help their you know several hundred buying colleagues in their organisation. You know, think each time about you know, are we you know, are you selecting, are you including a diverse business on the
0: slate? What are the future plans for We Connect? What is the direction of travel? What would you like to see as the new norm in corporations? If you can give me some figures, that would be great. I think one one of the things for me personally, if 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 it's kind of B A U
1: business as usual, would be that. Corporations are implementing what we would call the rule of one, which is every time they are running a procurement process that they ensure there is at least one diverse supplier included in the roster of businesses that are being considered. So for me, that's what I'd love to see that as the kind of the, as the norm, and a lot of our corporations do do that. Others are still trying to work out how do we do that, how do we implement such a thing. And um, I think it it makes uh, buying colleagues just think. Actually, have I considered is there somebody different? You know, not just the same old same old. So for me, that would certainly be be one of them. We estimate that globally, only one percent of corporate and government spend globally goes to women-owned businesses. One percent, so that means ninety nine percent is going elsewhere, um, and we really want to shift this one percent even if, we, if we, even if we get that up to two percent and three percent. this is billions and billions of dollars of spend and it isn 't just that we 're saying right corporates, you need to get on with this and sort it out. This is the whole ecosystem you know, process that needs to take place. So yes, corporations looking at what they're doing. Yes, government's looking at what they're doing around the world. And yes, women of businesses looking at where they're setting up and growing and developing their businesses as well. And as an organisation, We Connect International is really, really big, actually, growth growth plans for the next five years. We're, we're just another very exciting moment within the development of the organisation. And the the growth plans are are big <laughs> i don't know how else to say we we're really looking to, well, reach. to be don't they so more, yeah they, we really want to reach more and more women-owned businesses anecdotally what happens to me when i meet a, a women-owned business they often say gosh i've never heard of reconnect never heard of this even though this was a concept and we we want you know more and more women you know if you're setting up and running and owning your businesses to know that we can exists that this is a thing that corporations are interested to know where the women-owned businesses are what they do what their capabilities are and we have that all in our central database so we want you know thousands and thousands and thousands more women around the world everywhere
0: so i suppose there might be an element of lack of knowledge of the existence of we connect by corporations that's why they sort of maintain their usual pool of suppliers. You, you mentioned that at the moment it's 1% in terms of the market share and you want to move it to 2%. What's an ideal timescale for you for that one?
1: <laughs> ASAP. But this, tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, tomorrow or last week. No, I mean, these are, I mean, I said these are really long-term journeys. Um, so, I, I mean, I don't have a specific time frame in place, but we would like this to be happening, you know, now and one of the one of the pieces of advice that we often give to cor- corporations as they 're looking is that you can start doing some stuff now you can take small easy steps first you can work out who do we already work with you know which which diversifies and although we 're talking about women owned businesses today, supplier diversity also includes ethnic minority owned businesses lgbt owned businesses disabled owned social enterprises um you know it's it's um it's really about the underrepresented businesses. And, you know, women, we are, you know, we are hugely, you know, hugely underrepresented in positions of power and influence. Um, and really at our, at our core, we are a women's economic empowerment campaign. And that will be ongoing.
0: Um, I've mentioned in the introduction, I just want to talk a bit more about you. Um, you celebrated 15 years at the Women in Technology Network. Can you tell us more about women in technology? Um, what was the idea behind that? And importantly, how do you find the time to do all this? <laughs> so I have to. I mean, I know that the the
1: work that I do around women in tech is very much done in my spare time, and I don't have a lot of spare time. Um, we um, women in technology. The website was set up. The website no longer exists. Everything that I do now around women in tech is just through social is through social media. But we set up a website. It was two thousand five. Um, and we could see, you know, there there were not as many women <laughs> represented in the tech industry. And the website it was an online job board, networking and events forum to help big business in the UK to hire more technical staff, female technical staff. Kind of similar, I guess, the skill set that I have around, you know, we're helping the corporations to to achieve their diversity goals, whichever you know whatever they're looking at. We were working with large corporates, so let's say, like an Accenture. Or some our different bank stuff to help them meet and connect and build relationships with uh, candidates who could be a, a who, who could be a hire. So we spent a lot of time, and we we would run you know lots of workshops and big networking events to promote and help grow and women succeed in their tech careers. It was very focused on the UK. And I think at that moment in 2005, there was some stuff happening, but maybe not so much. Now, as I look back, you know, 15 years later, there is so much amazing stuff supporting women in tech. And it, you know, there's, there's, there's so still need for it. Um, And I'm, I have to admit when I meet a women owned tech business via WeConnect, I'm always really excited (laughs) because there aren't, you know, there, you know, there are not as many, you know, their tech, tech businesses. So I'm always, I'm always super excited. And, and really we, I I do a lot through the, the at women in tech Twitter account. and I mean, always happy to share things. So if anybody listening to this is, you know, you're running events, you're doing stuff that would support women in tech. We're always happy to share it on the social media channels and when, I have somebody who helps me, but we do it,
0: I, I do it very in, informally now. Can you just, for our listeners, repeat the Twitter account? For those yeah, at, <laughs> at Women in Tech. That's great. Okay, and move on. Once again, we, we're still talking about you personally, not necessarily just we connect. You awarded the OBE um, in June 2019. That's not something given out lightly. You received it in January 2020. Just pretty much just tell those of us who haven't received one, just pretty much tell us when, where, how did you find out you were on the list? What was that moment like? Just <laughs> was quite- give us a flavour of what it's <laughs> like. It was quite unbelievable. It's still unbelievable. Um, I was
1: actually in Amsterdam. We were hosting an event uh, with Accenture. I was in the Accenture offices and I had a call from our accountant and we were talking about something else and she said, oh Maggie, I've got a letter from the Cabinet office. Would you like me to open it? I was like, yeah, sure. Um, I mean, I have over the years occasionally been invited to different things at Parliament. I never gave it any, I didn't really give it any thought if I'm honest. I was like, yeah, that's no problem. That's fine. And there was a moment of pause and silence on the phone. And then Rachel, our accountant, she said, you're being awarded an OBE. <laughs> and I was quite, quite shocked. I mean, I was in a small office with two other people. So I was just like,
0: oh.
1: and I mean, it, it, it was incredible. I, I feel very privileged to have had the jobs that I've done. So running Women in Technology and now working for WeConnect International.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, you know, I have been busy getting on with my job and enjoying this and doing this. And, and, you know, I hadn't, I hadn't ever thought about anything, you know, anything around an honour and honour, like it, it has been incredible and yeah quite amazing and I didn't tell anybody I I told my parent well my husband and my parents I because they really say please don't tell anybody until the list is formally announced I hadn't told my brothers and I, and I, I eventually called them on the morning when it'd been announced and they were you know I'd, I'd really not told anybody I, I hadn't I hadn't <laughs>
0: it's quite. I'm not quite sure if I could <laughs> <laughs> Well, wow, that's an amazing achievement and congratulations for that. Thank you very much. Thank you. It's made me, it's made
1: me think about all, all sorts of amazing people who give so much back to, to business, to communities, to society and, you know, who, uh, and how I can in some way offer recognition to them, either through maybe nominating for something similar or local awards or that kind of thing. It really has made me think, right, how can I, how can I give back in another, in another way?
0: What are the passion? projects that you've got going on the moment or you're going to embark on um can you give us any of this sort of watch this space (laughs) i don't know more i
1: guess um i want to ensure that we can you know maintain the the work around all the women in tech stuff as much as i can in my space I'm excited about all the growth plans for Reconnect International, uh, both here specifically in Europe, where I may be looking at some new countries, but also globally. And brilliant team to be working with. I, you know, the Reconnect International team is really, you know, an amazing network of you know equally passionate people like me working around the world, supporting women-owned businesses. So I like that. Um, I think locally, in the little time where I live, I support a local community association and I enjoy doing things with them. It's just completely different to the stuff that I do on a on a day to day basis. I, I really enjoy what I do. i I can see the positive impact that say, an event or a conference or some kind of programming that we run what that has on people so you know whether that is a business owner or somebody in one of the teams that you know from one of our women-owned businesses we we did a session um probably about four weeks ago and one of the attendees I mean he, he said you know this is this has been the best event uh, best event I've been at in the last kind of six months this is great thanks very much um because I, I try and share really pragmatic advice and practical things that will support, you know, wherever your business is sitting, you know, what to do. And I, I think it's really easy to understand, underestimate the impact that these, this kind of, you know, events can have on people. People come back to me years later and say, I saw you do this, I heard that, that inspired me to do X, I then, I heard you do this, and so that made, and I love that, you know, I love it. Mm-hmm. And so I feel very privileged to run, you know, to have run a large network like Women in Tech and still do it, you know, in a small way. And but we, uh, we connect, and I want to keep doing keep doing more more of the same.
0: Oh, so that's like one of my original earlier questions. How do you find the time? Okay, I, ha- I do have a final question and we have to mention what's currently going on with COVID-19. Yeah. We're really living on presently times. Um, how has the outbreak adjusted your plans or priorities, if at all? It is
1: a very odd moment and a very concerning moment for business. Um, for both multinational corporations we work with, as well as the women-owned businesses. So across the board, you know, there is there is concern and worry. For us as an organisation, we already deliver a lot of our content virtually. Um, so if I just even consider what we do here in Europe, you know, we're looking at multiple countries. So we we definitely do in-person events and they've gone on hold at the moment. They haven't been cancelled. They've gone on hold and postponed. We do hope that we'll be able to rearrange them later in the year. Um, but we will also do and host more virtual events for the organization globally one of our big things is that we always do an annual gala and a symposium and they have both gone online so we're doing a cyber gala um, and we're doing a virtual supplier diversity symposium so rather than postpone them i think we are still delivering the same content but virtually what we're also looking at as a team here and i and my colleagues around the world are doing this as well is really trying to understand what support do our women-owned businesses need and what support could our corporate members offer um we are in europe definitely collating all lots of different resources that we're seeing that we can share with the women-owned businesses um and in fact later this week we're we're running a virtual session where some of our business women-owned businesses can come together to share ideas share concerns share you know we've done this we've done that we're pivoting our business we're doing this and I, I think that's the other bit is, although this is these are unprecedented times, I think there are opportunities for businesses to revisit what their what their plans are and what they're doing to maybe change uh, change focus. You know, there's a there are there are possibilities there, but it is also um, financially for many business very very concerning, and we are offering support as best we can.
0: Many thanks, Maggie Berry. It's been a pleasure. And many thanks for your time and insight. You're very welcome. Thank you very much. Thanks for joining me today on this episode of Heads Talk. Don't forget to subscribe to the show via my website, elainepringle.com forward slash headstalk, or wherever you get your podcasts. Finally, I'd like to thank our sponsors, guests, and you for helping to make the show possible. Please join me next time where I'll be featuring more executives, decision makers, and heads of multinationals.
1: Let's talk podcast with your host Elaine Pringle-Schwitter.